Alright, welcome back to the RamblingBeachCat.com podcast. Nick and Seth back again. Um, We've listened to your feedback and we have changed up mics and we're speaking up clearer into the mic. More clearly. Um, We are also cutting out the article section. Might do one, but not as many on the articles. Um, That hurts my feelings, but articles. uh, That's probably due to my lack of preparation. Let it, let it be known that it was, it was I who slacked off in the in the midst of the article. Good to know. And uh, uh, your final suggestion: we are both doing the podcast completely naked right now. Absolutely naked. Well, I I was doing it naked before. Yeah. yeah. One thing you need to know about Seth is if if you are talking to him in a place where it's not personal, like on the phone or through Skype or something, he is naked all the time. Yeah. Um, if you can't see him and you're talking to him, he is butt naked. Butt naked. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. It's, but this is a little new for me. Well, you, I, I expect you to enjoy this. Uh, Not everybody gets this in person. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, this is a little new for me. It's an um, eye feast. It's an absolute eye feast. We have a, a real treat for you today. What we're going to do is first we're going to we, we kind of bash Kentucky football a little bit. It made us feel bad, you know. We were listening to the KSR podcast today, Kentucky Sports Radio, and I mean, ticket sales for season tickets are down over like forty nine percent over the last two years. It is, it's insane. And we thought, you know, maybe we should do more to help um, Kentucky football instead of just trashing it. I mean, they're getting plenty of negative publicity other places. And I am a Kentucky fan through and through. Seth and I, like he mentioned before, stuck through two and nine seasons. Um, so we're going to have a special guest speaker come in. Very talk special. to us, Yeah, talk to us a little bit about about Kentucky football and how good it could be and give a little pep talk. So uh, Fake Lou Holtz will be joining us a little later on. Um, those of you who are KSR listeners, you know who that is. If you don't, you better prepare for your mind to be blown. He, he doesn't do just any appearance either. He, yeah. This is something special. Very special. We, we forked out a lot of money to bring him here. Well, that's kind of lying. Like, we had to pay someone to put him in the trunk and drive him here. We didn't pay him. Well, he didn't know where he was to begin with. That's anyways. true. Okay. Um, we also, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, uh, the whole old trilogy versus the new trilogy argument, because it's something Seth and I have been talking about while fending off supermodels from trying to hang themselves on us. I'm going to, I'm going to fix the, I'm going to fix the prequel trilogy for you in about three minutes. Okay. There's a lot of things, sex. That's whoa, Freudian slip. <laughs> Another one. There's a lot of things that Seth can every fix in three time. minutes. I know. Every I know. time. That was hot. And then uh, we're gonna tell it's a gonna Dale story it. about his uh, his knack for accidentally using double entendres consistently. So many. Yes, and we're gonna talk about some of our favorite ones. You, you know, a segment on the podcast is good when I'm talking to my mom, and she's like, "Do you really want to leave that part in?" It's like, "Yeah, I think I think we need to." So. Uh, Anyway, let's begin uh, Kentucky football. Like we said, it's it's really, I mean, it's it's depressing. I mean, the only thing I'm excited about is Jeremy Jarman coming on as, as director of play. And I have to, Maxwell Smith, the quarterback, he was really good at the end of last season. Josh mm-hmm. Clemens, the running back, coming back as, as lemonade. Yeah, lemonade, fresh squeezed lemonade, lemonade, just like Mama made. You know, I mean, and uh, it's just, I mean, it's a little scary to think of our defense without Trevath and, and Winston Guy. And Huge there. holes in the linebacking court. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, that was the one thing we really had going for us were linebackers. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to stay positive, and I was listening. I was like, you know, I need to do whatever I can. So, we got Lou Holtz, and he's going to do a, a little uh, Q&A with us, and he's also going to maybe give us uh, just a little little inspiration to get ready for the season. Cause we famous need... for his pep talks. Oh, yeah, very famous. famous. For and for all programs that he leaves going on probation. That's true. And but for he... screaming at interns. 
when he's doing interviews. That is also true. Yeah. I blame it on the senility, though. You know, when you're 150-something years old, then... That's true. You're, you're, you're given a little leeway. Old, old men get to do whatever they want, basically, in life. Yeah. Still waiting on that. Got a few years. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get Fake Lou in here. Uh, fake Lou, come on in. Have a seat, if you will, with us. <coughs> rumble, rumble goes asunder. It's like I'm back in game. God Stadium just in just out shape. William Bryce Stadium. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I don't remember. Yeah, it was William Bryce Stadium. Are you on my staff? For today, yes. You don't yes. look like my wife. Where's my wife? Uh, she's at home, Lou. We're gonna. Why? Why is my wife not here? I saw. So, so, you know, I love my wife best. She's just, just, just a piece. Good old South Carolina bitch. I've been married her for seven years. Just outstanding marriage. No idea what you said. All right, uh, Lou Holtz. We're gonna ask you a few. But first I of all, what do you think about Kentucky's chances this year? I mean, how are you feeling about Kentucky's football team? They have a football team. Well, we've established that. What? Do you, how do you think they'll do? I mean, I remember you were very excited we beat Tennessee on your Twitter account, at fake uh, Lou Holtz, KSR Twitter. You were talking about needing to get your scooter over the wall because you wanted to be down there. That's what, right. What now? I mean, how do you feel about the team coming up this year in the SEC and just in general? Do you think they can win six games, go back to a bowl? Well, you've caught me off guard here, son. I, Kentucky having a football team is news to me. But here's what my predication is going to be for Kentucky football this season. I think this is going to hinge upon the first Loserville game, which would be bringing out the Crown Royale and Flatfield Hats. If Kentucky football can win against the Louisville team, yeah, I think they might have a chance. I do. I just in between my naps at ESPN. I do a little analysis back and forth, back and forth. But I think that the option football system that Joker Phipps saw when he was at the Tennessee game, when that game you said was a ten to seven, I think I can pull out the victory. Now, uh, Seth, you had a question about Joker Phillips's coaching job. Like you, or you said you wanted to ask him something about if you thought Joker would be here. What was your question again? Yeah, co- uh, Coach uh, Seth Vaught here. Great to talk to you. Um, I was wondering if if Joker Phillips isn't our coach next year, then would you might be interested? Might be interested oh. in the job. Yeah, I think that's good. Well, that's well, that's an exceptional question, Seth. I say, well, thank you. You're doing an exceptional job on this podcast too. I, I think, I think your show is just outstanding. The other gentleman, I can take or leave. I don't know his name yet. He doesn't look like my wife still, and I still don't know where she is. <laughs> but I think, I think that. Whoa! Look at this. That sounds of back in Bryant Denny Stadium. It's Where's William that? Bryce Denny. Bryant Denny. It's okay. Who is Bryant Denny? I don't know. All right, but anyway, go ahead with, with your answer. There. Well, I think you know, basically the you know, thing I'm doing nowadays is tending to my garden. And I've got some lovely tomatoes growing, but they're pretty much set up. So I will be available for the coaching job such as become interested in coach. Nobody's talked to me yet. I think it could be a possibility. Okay. Uh, last thing for you guys is nothing with football. We're just, it's the hot topic of the day. And we live close by one here at my house here in Mount Pleasant, so we need to ask, uh, what is your take on the whole Chick-fil-A controversy? 
Chick-fil-A is delicious. I think the Lou Holtz sauce brand of Chick-fil-A sauce is going to come out soon. I've got a new partnership with them. I don't believe in homosexual chickens. I will say that much at this point. I believe that chicken sandwich should be one hen and one cock, and us, if you're a sea game cock, go cocks. I'll say it again, cocks. One, one hen, one cock on sandwich. Put some of the Lou Holtz sauce on it. Spicy or not, I don't know. Pick what you want. It's on the menu. You go for it first, you with whatever you get. Kids' meals are exceptional. Ice cream cones free. Closed on Sundays, but you can't fault them for that. All right. Well, Seth, if you could leave our our, our illustrious guests out for a minute, we'll uh, come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, where Star am I Wars. going? Where, uh, we're going to we're going to take you back downstairs. We got to take you outside. We got to get you back in the trunk and go go home. All right. Let's, well, that, let's go ahead. That sounds fine. I'll let's go, go ahead. Let's go ahead. Where is my wife? Every time I lose my wife, Beth. Seth, watch out. He's going to hit. Oh yeah. That was my head. Oh. Why? Oh, Just let him go down the stairs by himself, Seth. He'll be fine. Poor guy. Oh. Like, I mean, I know he... I don't think he realizes that he's funny. It just makes me feel a little guilty, but... Nah, not really. When you're, what was it, 150-something years old, then yeah. you're allowed a certain degree of senility. All right. Once again, we'll thank... Even though he can't hear us, thank you, Lou Holtz. It was great. Yeah. Um... All right, let's go on to geek topics here. We're going to talk a little bit about some Star Wars. And uh, one thing Seth and I feel, I mean, we're both big Star Wars geeks. Seth has been a much bigger one for a longer period of time. I loved it when I was a little kid, collected the toys and everything. I got excited when the prequel trilogies came out. Like a lot of people, I was disappointed with the first one. I, I thought the second one was pretty good. I thought the third one was great. But there are a lot of people who get incredibly angry about the prequel trilogies. Um, the prequel trilogy, the prequels. Um, there are some people, and in some of their people, I, I, Patton Oswalt, he does a great comedy routine about how they're all terrible, and he's like, I don't want to see how Darth Vader got the way he is, I just want to see Darth Vader and all this, and I, I don't understand that, you know, like the Clone Wars and the cartoon, that got me back into it as an adult. Now, admittedly, I'm a man-child, but as a 30-something-year-old adult, I started watching Clone Wars and got right back into it. You're a naked and man, child. That's uh, let's not bring that up. Um, <laughs> You're already. I'm, up I'm, I'm, a, I'm sweating oh, like crazy. Uh, it's it's really <clears throat> warm in this room. But anyway, uh, it's you know it really. I don't understand how people can bash. The, I mean, there's good things about it, and some of the people, like for instance, a lot of you have heard the Plinket, you know, reviews where that guy talks like this, this goes through and terrible. yeah, goes through it and and picks apart all the plot holes in the movie. Well, you could have done that with the original trilogy very easily. Of course, you, and of course, you have the whole part where you know a brother and sister made out. We can talk about that, or you know the fact that Luke trained on Dagobah for what was supposed to be weeks, but in movie time, with what else was happening, was maybe a day or something. Yeah, not, not many people realize that George Lucas is making a lot of those decisions on the fly. Movie to movie, yeah. yeah. The the whole Darth Vader being Luke's father coming in basically in Return of the Jedi. You know, after the feedback came in for the first two movies, basically he had to he had to make that happen. Yeah. And so the whole uh, Luke and Leia makeout scene became just a little more awkward. Yeah. They made out twice. They made out in New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Was it twice? Yes, because he said for luck, and then they kissed. Oh, yeah. And then when they were in the base, and to make Han mad, she kissed. Yeah, but that, well, yeah, the, the, on, on Hoth, that was a little bit more in-depth than 
Yeah. Let me go fight these stormtroopers real quick, and while they're shooting at us, yeah. I don't think she got. No, 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 no. There was a part where her and Han were arguing, and then she went and kissed Luke, and then he went. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm talking about the first movie. Okay, yeah, that's what you're saying. But yeah, I just don't understand. I mean, I don't. I understand how bad the Phantom. And I hate Jar Jar with a passion. I would love nothing more than see him kill. In fact, that's one thing I did not like about the. Yeah, about the third movie is that we didn't get to see Jar Jar die. You know, I mean, that's something I waited for. I understand it, but I think the idea of the Clone Wars and the everything that led up to it, and I remember Seth and I, for the third movie, being really angry. It's like, well, how are they going to kill all the Jedi? How are they going to show the Purge? And it's like, there's no way they can do it and, and, and make it good, and then they did. Order 66, I thought, was brilliant. I'm starting to ramble here, but can you give me, I mean, Seth, help me out here a little bit, because you're much more articulate with me. Why are the prequel trilogies not nearly as bad as people say? Well, to start off, realize that Phantom Menace got three and a half stars. Just think about that for a second. Three, three and a half stars. Wait, on what rating service? I think it's it's either, I think it's IMDb. Okay. Yeah, but basically episode one should have never been made. Uh, Aside from establishing Anakin Skywalker as a whiny second grader with feelings, the movie does absolutely nothing to further the main plot. And we have these basic uh, storytelling ideas that if it's not if it doesn't further the plot or further character development it gets pitched you take it out of the movie it did give us Darth Maul yeah he could have been used a little bit better but but basically the whole idea of the prequel trilogies you have the the downfall of the Republic Jedi extinction Clone Wars thing uh, and and instead we get Gungans and a paperweight battle hardened droid army uh (laughs) I don't understand how they get battle hardened. Anyways, the robots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. if you get programmed with, with fighting, then that's that's. What oh, it is. I'm sorry. To inter- one thing, like in, in Plinkett's review, he talks about um, at one point where they're saying there are heroes on both sides of the war. He's like, heroes? How are there heroes? I thought they were robots. Any nerd worth their weight knows that the separatists weren't just robots. There were alien and human races even that were separatists. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, that's true. That's my bad. But here's basically the the main plot lines that have to happen, get resolved. You have the downfall of the Republic, the Clone Wars, Darth Vader turns to the dark side, the Jedi Holocaust, rise of Palpatine and the Empire, and then Obi-Wan has to fight Vader at some point, and then you have Luke and Leia being born, uh, and Yoda and Obi-Wan have to get to where they were in the original trilogy. They have to go into exile. So, episode one, which of those happens? None of the above. Yeah. Absolutely none of the above. Episode two, what happens? At the very end, we get the Clone Wars. Yeah. And none of the above. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what you have, you're looking at these three movies and you go, oops. Well, but, now we're at the last movie. Now, hold on a second, though. I, they did have to set up how the Fe- Trade Federation and how the Empire eventually built that army and... How the clones? I mean, because we're wondering where did the. I mean, they told you where the clones came from. They showed Obi Wan training. I mean, there was stuff that did happen, had to occur for Order sixty six to be set up. And it's it's wrapped up in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's that's basically what the second movie kind of starts. Which I think the second movie should have been a lot more Clone Wars. Sure. Yeah, yeah it, it would have made a, a, a little bit more sense. But so Episode three finally rolls around. This is the last movie, and George Lucas gets this brilliant idea. Well, I think we should probably just have a forty-minute chase scene, and uh, and then and then we we'll, we might get down to business, <laughs> right? So you get 
you know, basically everything else that needs to happen. The downfall of the Republic, the Clone Wars, Vader turns to the dark side, Jedi extinction, rise of the Empire, uh, Obi-Wan and Vader, and then Luke and Leia get born, the Obi-Wan and so forth. So you can, I think you can see the problem here. On top of this, there are way, way too many characters that get introduced uh, for the story's own good. And with some weak resolution on top of that. They just keep coming, and they keep coming, and they don't go away. So here's my opinion. Here's how I think you fix this. Episode 2 should have been Episode 1. Anakin should uh, is established already as a dangerous Jedi or Padawan in training under Obi-Wan. We don't care what he's from, or, or where he's from, or that he's the only human who can pod race. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the Republic is on the verge of the collapse uh, due to separatist activities, and the clone army gets built. Yeehaw, that's your first movie. We're, we're, the setting is... Uh, we've set the stage. We're ready to go. Episode 3 should have been split into two movies. Uh, episode 2, the Jedi get forced into service as generals. Uh, they get killed off in, in certain ways. The Clone Wars are in full swing. The Republic is crumbling. And we get to the end of the film... And Anakin is turning to the dark side due to his lust for power. Uh, and Natalie Portman. Well, I, I would say not. <laughs> you know, if it were Natalie Portman and not Natalie Portman playing Queen Amidala, then uh, I would say yes. But I, I would say the lust for power is, is a, a better motivation for him versus knocking up some dormitory slut with twins and a drunken dark side force stupor. So then, episode. Three, you know, episode three being split into two movies now. The actual episode three gives us the declaration of Palpatine as Emperor, and then then we have the all-out betrayal uh, and extinction of the Jedi and the Purge, like him yeah, hunting down the, Jedi. That absolutely, absolutely. The, the the Purge, not just a a ten, you know, an eight to ten minute scene, which is, I in my opinion, brilliantly done, both with the score, the music. And mm-hmm. uh, showing the, some of the different Jedi Masters going out. But let me ask you. I mean, you're, we talked about this, but like, okay, you look over at my toys over there. I've got an Acklay and a Reek from Episode Two. Okay, <laughs> will you at least stay with me on this? Uh, that like, for instance, Episode One, and you, you're the one who said this to me. Episode One had the best lightsaber fight we'd seen with Darth Maul. Gave us a great character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, episode Two, the stuff with the clones attacking and the Acklay and the fight in the arena with Geonosians. The the prequels still had some great moments, especially for kids who were just starting not watching. Yeah. In terms of summer popcorn action flicks, mm-hmm. I, I would agree. But summer popcorn action flicks are just that. They they get consumed in the summer and thrown away. See, yeah, guys, Seth, Seth before yeah. coming to the podcast said he agreed with me the prequels weren't that bad. I'm a little bit scared. No, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, there are certain moments of episode one... Basically, Liam Neeson, Qui-Gon Jinn, is probably the sole saving grace in terms of an actor. I have a specific set of Jedi skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you. Yeah. Now, will you at least agree, though, that Episode 3 was great? I don't understand why people hate that one. I love that one. Aside from that initial 40-minute waste of time, the chase scene, yeah. That after that we finally got down to business. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that the... Yeah, the whole Vader is Frankenstein thing kind of went over yeah, the board. No! Yeah. I can't. I can't ever say the word no anymore without 
thinking of George. Oh, I know you can't say no anymore. <laughs> having his way with my childhood. <laughs> but um, my okay. childhood gets thrown up on a pinball machine. Just like, uh, <laughs> okay, before we before we have to add an explicit tag to this podcast. All right, uh, final thing. Um, we did this podcast uh, pretty close to our last one. Uh, did we have any any new questions? Oh, dude, I'm not done with this. Oh, I'm not. Oh, okay. You take it away. Yeah. I'm just gonna. Yeah. So episode three, the the new episode three, we give. The, the Jedi Holocaust happens. Obi-Wan confronts, confronts Vader, which, the way they did it in the actual movie, you know, all this slinging around of twirling of lightsabers, and uh, that whole style of fighting just annoys the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I, I give me the traditional fencing style seen in the original trilogy, but that's besides the point. So, Obi-Wan confronts Vader... Uh, and escapes with Yoda and Anakin's newborn Jedi babies uh, going off into exile onto Dagobah and Tatooine. Here's one of the big problems. George Lucas seems to have been afraid to leave any potential loose ends hanging around. It was wrapped up in too nice of a little bow. Really, George Lucas did that? Yeah, I know. Every, Every origin, every character... It was. It was wrapped up in a force-fed, bow-topped package. Um, Anakin builds C-3PO. How'd you feel about that? <laughs> you know, Chewbacca is some Wookiee grand poobah who knew Yoda. And Boba Fett's dad was the prototype for the clone army. You know, when does someone come out of obscurity to do something grand or, or, or exciting? Why does it all have to be intertwined so tightly and unrealistically? Yeah. And considering, I mean, it's a huge galaxy. Why does why sure. does that yeah. just a few people? Yeah, Tatooine is supposed to be this backwater planet nobody's ever heard of. In the it's outer rim, point. <laughs> Jabba lives there. It's conveniently on the way from Naboo to Coruscant. Obi Wan, hey, let's go hide Luke there. You know where Anakin is from. Then yeah. let me live there under the same name while I'm in hiding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you must be Ben Kenobi. It's like, is it, Vader never thinks to go back to his old stomping ground. Well, but, they explain but, that in the comics. No, they explain that in the book you refuse to read. The uh, Dark Dark or Vader Rise. Well, God, I'm embarrassed now. The the Darth Vader <laughs> book that came out um, right after Revenge of the Sith, Rise of the Dark. I can't remember what it was. I'm really embarrassed. Well, we're gonna. Well, anyway, I, we'll scold you. They they ex, he explains that you know that he can't go back because of I mean it's a stupid reason it's because of what happened there and it was a childhood he could never go back yeah because mommy mommy touched him where he peed or something or, okay no that's not what happened but anyway <laughs> yeah so <laughs> but yeah it, it, the, one of the main beefs I have is the whole Yoda speak thing for some reason. If you if you really look at Yoda in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. the way he speaks, every once in a while, there's one or two, three phrases where he does the backwards speak, and all of a sudden, like maybe it was George Lucas, I don't know who, but the writers decided to latch on to this, and every single sentence out of his mouth was some around the survivors a perimeter create. Oh, I like that. Really? No, that the. If you're taking orders from somebody and you're like, uh, oh, we have to create a perimeter around the survivors. Okay, well, they're all dead now. You're just deficient. I understand. (laughs) But this, it was introduced when he was an empire, and it was appropriate because it added emphasis on philosophical points while he was training Luke. 
most of the time, though, he doesn't speak that way. Yeah, if, yeah like, uh, size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? That's twice in, in one. And well, you should not. For my ally is the fourth. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little quirky, but it's not every sentence. We're gonna have to agree to disagree. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we. Uh, hey, Yoda's got a line here. Let's make him do that occasional backwards speak thing. Not if anything to say about it. I have. Okay. Good relations with the Wookiees. I'm going. To, I'm going to save this podcast from going down in flames and cut Seth off. Let's let's go on to our day. Uh, we have relations with Wookiees. Good relations with Wookiees. That is that is a good another out of context Star Wars line. Okay. Okay. So let's let's move on from our Star Wars. We've got our. Or Seth's like, I'll fix this for you in three minutes. <laughs> Two hours later. Like, yeah, sorry, you, you get... listen. Sorry, sorry that I'm passionate about this, Nick. Well, let's, my let's childhood. Say. My childhood is at stake here. Says, says the man sitting naked next to me. Okay. <laughs> in a room full of action figures. All right. <laughs> this so, is your room yeah. full of action figures. That's true. This is a delectable man cave. Yeah. I have a lot of Star Wars and Marvel and nine, randoms like. Nine long boxes. Yeah. Cloverfield Monster. Clover. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Do we have any new questions? I don't think we did. Did we? I, I don't think so. Okay. So hopefully for our next podcast, we're, we're putting a bunch of these together to get us kind of started up before football season because we'll probably be doing it the week of. And these are going to be released on Wednesdays. Uh, one reason why is because middle of the week. The second is it's when comics come out and it makes me and Seth happy to release things on Wednesday because we can say Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. That was a um, tradition for us. We, when we were going to Kentucky, we would uh, go to the Comic Interlude, which we affectionately re renicknamed the, the CI, lead. or well, the yeah, it became itch. the Lude, or the Chronic Itch, yeah, and then it became the CI, and CI became the Chronic Itch, yeah, because on Wednesdays we always had to get our comics, so we on Wednesdays we greet each other by going Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. We didn't even say hi. We were like Wednesday. Yeah. It was yeah, just so. a knowing. And of course, in the minute we said that, women would flock to us, and we'd have to be like, "Leave me alone! Yeah, leave me alone!" And if I had to fight them off, yeah. But uh, we're going to tell a little Dale story here. This is bone in my glasses. <laughs> this is this is one of our favorites. Dale had no awareness a lot, and, and for those of you again, this might your first podcast. Dale was our trombone professor, who was uh, just a little bit off in about every sense of the word. <laughs> and um, Dale, yeah, Dale had no uh, sense sometimes of what he said. And he would forget things a lot that he said previously. And he, he had this amazing way of rationalizing everything. I mean, uh, to give you just a quick example, before we get into this story, this is a, a lead in Dale story. One time uh, we were having to follow him in a car somewhere, and uh, he was going, I mean, Dale is an insanely bad driver. And the person driving our van got very angry at Dale. said, Dale, I was behind you going 80 miles per hour, and you were gaining ground on me. And he turned and goes, well... Then your speedometer's wrong. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So that's the way he. Also, the way we talk like him, that is actually how he sounds. Yeah, so, uh, we like you said before, it is a rite of passage to have a Dale impression. By the time you had spent any amount of time in the studio, you you, you had to have a Dale impression. It was the only it was the only way we understood what you were saying. You had to yeah. Communicate that way. So uh, anyway, Dale would constantly make double entendres. Um, I think I'll let Seth, if you want to take the verse to the. Uh, the bass trombones and the uh, Pictionary 
Or no, gestures. Yeah, yeah gestures. So go ahead yeah. with, with, with... Which was, a, I think, was, was the... Uh, was gestures first? I, yeah, I think it okay. was. You go ahead with Get, that, because you, you remember that one yeah, a little well, better than Well, Dale, Dale had... He was 50-something years old when we were studying with him, which meant he was growing up and going to school in the 70s and 80s. So Dale had a lot of surfer talk. He, he was kind of... He would say dude a lot. He would say, <laughs> uh, dude... Dude, uh, no, lame You would always say uh, words like that. So the surfer talk always worked its way in, in, the, in his speech. But these two instances were, <laughs> every semester, basically, we would have a studio party, and Dale would invite us over to his house, which was a nice house, beautiful house, and he and his wife would cook He had us. an all-black toilet we used to call oh, Black Thunder. Gosh, black Thunder. We're going to yeah. have to save that for the poop episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll save that for the all-poop episode, <laughs> which is coming. Coming attractions. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, so we all, we'd have a studio party, and this was uh, the Christmas, uh, end of the fall semester. And one of the traditions we have would be to play some kind of games or something with everybody. So, Gestures was uh, always a, a game that we liked to play. Just for the uh, the fact that we got to see Dale act out certain gestures in, in, in ways that were always hilarious. I, I forget who was doing, who was performing the, the, the gesture. Uh, but we would always split up into teams, and somebody was up there and, and made some kind of motion... And we're all guessing, and random words are coming out, and all of a sudden you hear, OG! <laughs> Everybody just stops. You know, the, the clock, the, little, the, the clock's still running. And we all stop, and finally, ding. What? Orgy. It's a word. I'll say, Dale, are you serious? And we're all laughing. Are you serious? That's a guess? That's what you thought we were doing? He was really offended, by the way. Yeah, Just he like was. It was my part. He was mad that we were laughing about this. Look, Dale would always try to defend himself to the bitter end, and he would take offense at the slightest things. He had a very confrontational nature uh, about him, and, and sometimes, unbeknownst to us, it would just happen. He would go confrontational on us for... Confront me! Yeah, confront me. For no apparent reason. What? Orgy. I'll say it again. Orgy, orgy, orgy. <laughs> he just repeats it over. We're still, we're, we start laughing even more. He's like, look, I'm going to go look it up. So he goes to, over to his bookshop and grabs a dictionary, pulls it out. And we're like, Dale, you don't have to do this. He doesn't realize that it's just hilarious listening to him say the word orgy. Yeah. Orgy, orgy, orgy. Look, orgy. A feast. A gathering. <laughs> Orgy. So clearly, yeah, he didn't have that. So, uh, double entendre number two. Uh, Dale would conduct the Tremone Choir at, at Kentucky, and as a studio member, you were obligated to, to play in that. So we would go to rehearsal on uh, Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. And one day he just had us set up in a circle for some reason. All, all the Tremones were in a circle, and Dale is standing in the center, with his arm raised, you know, satisfying the messianic complex that he has. <laughs> so we start, to, we're about to start playing, and Dale's looking around trying to find everybody. Ah, this is, and, uh, and so he's positioned, he looks back at me from you know, directly behind him, and were you there when he, you I were believe there. so, yeah. yeah. 
So all those bass trombones are sitting behind him, and he looks back at me and goes, Ah, now the bass trombones are going to blast me from behind. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Yeah, just instant. come on. Can we grow up? He would always, every time we would laugh, he would would just, Come on, grow up. We grow up. So here was was the, the next couple. This leads up to the ultimate, but next one is, he would have us do this method where when we had to play, we, uh, we, he would want to, and I don't, this is a really bad idea now that I think about it. He would want us to air attack, and he'd call, you can see where this is going, just stay with me. But he would call these ho attacks. He'd right. be like, you know, you need to do a ho attack, just ho, ho, into the it's, mouthpiece to make the horn play. Toe, toe, like, we articulate which, with a tip. Any of you who are brass or players, or any type of wind instrument player, know that's like, what is he, you'd have us do this, and, I was I was having trouble with it because I'd always you know you, you tongue before the sound comes out sure. and he was like you know but this will make your attacks just even better because your Amish should be ready and you need to do this for ten minutes a day and if you still can't get it right you just need to do more hoes <laughs> and I mean I'm like <laughs> and I start laughing and he's like oh come on why is everything sexual with you I'm like you just told me to do more hoes like I'm in a lesson with a yeah. trombone professor and you're like oh you need to do more hoes I'm a I'm a twenty year old male. How am I not going to think yeah. of that as the most literal? The, the second literal one, and this possible. this one was immaturity on my part. I'll admit it. But uh, he was talking. We he would go on these fads, like you know, every every year he'd be like, oh, this is going to change everything about how you play. <laughs> and one year, yeah, it was well, one year <laughs> this was about breathing and posture and everything. And he actually hired this woman from Berea College in Kentucky. Oh yeah, she come, was a, an Alexander Technique specialist. Yeah, to to come work with us on how to breathe and. How to have posture. If any of you think this sounds surreal, it was. Like, we yeah, were like, wait, really? We we're actually, in the middle of a church. Yeah. on top of everything. So I remember, uh, well, no, this didn't happen at church. This happened at his office, I remember, because he was talking to us about how he had a private session with her, which that alone, <laughs> the fact is, I got a posture expert. I had a private <laughs> session with her. I'm already working really hard not to laugh or say anything. I'm imagining stripper poles. Yeah. I'm imagining just... <laughs> He's like, I had a posture expert come in and, and breathe it. We had a private session. Now, I I'm keeping it cool. And then he says, the he says, and you know, here's the thing. She's telling me to breathe in, not just from my chest, but I should be breathing in from my legs. Yeah. And I was wearing, I'd been running somewhere in my workout clothes <laughs> and I take in a breath and my shorts moved. And I mean, I, I lost it. Now that one I admit was immaturity, but he got really angry. Like, I mean, really angry at me. I couldn't help it. Come on. Yeah. Here's the one though, that to this day, even he admitted was pretty bad. We had someone in the studio that was a really good player but had a severe both drug-taking and drug-selling problem. Yeah. And the, the thing, most upstanding uh, yeah. and he, citizen. The thing that, that was really frustrating was, you know, most people that get into both a life of crime with selling drugs and taking drugs, their doors close very quickly. His stayed open a little bit longer. Now, he eventually kind of washed out. It was like for three years or something. Yeah. Uh, because going he was to prison and coming back. Or? Yeah, he was such a good player, and I remember one time he'd gone to prison, and Dale was going to let him back into the studio, and I didn't, you know, I'm all for people getting second chances, third chances, for, but this guy had had a lot of chances, and uh, Dale asked me, he goes, well, you know, Nick, what do you think? Do you think I should let him back in the studio? And that was hard because I don't want to say no. I don't want to deny someone a second chance. But on the other hand, this wasn't like a give him a second chance. He had done this, I mean, so many times. 
And it's like, again, we're going to do this. I said, Dale, I said, let's just be honest. If he wasn't as good a player as he was, you would have not dealt with this a long time ago. And every time you've given him second chances, he's thrown it away. I said, I think you're just, I mean, I think it's great that you want to help him out, but I don't know if there's going to be a change unless there's uh, there's something significantly different that's happened. I think you're just looking at a repeat. And Dale looks at me and goes, well, that's where you're wrong. You see, this time I've been working, I think he'd been working with, I can't remember if it was like his parole officer or somebody. He goes, you know, now he's accountable to me. He has to report to me for everything. And I'm going to make sure. You better believe I'm not going to let him get away with anything. He's not going to He's not gonna have an inch of leeway with me. Now, at this point, I'm thinking, okay. You know, I can see, because if you've been able to tell from our stories, Dale's not the most, you know, tolerant person of anything. So that might work. And he goes, you know, he just thinks he can do whatever he wants. Those days are over. And then he looks at me and with all seriousness, he thinks he's untouchable. Well, I'm going to touch him like he's never been touched before. <laughs> and I mean, I... That's... That, and I mean, I lost it. Now, for once, Dale actually didn't get angry. He was just like, eh, I was making a sexual joke. But even you can tell he was embarrassed. But how do you get... I'm going to touch him like he's never been touched before. I mean, when a college professor says something like that to you, yeah, he thinks he's untouchable. I mean, it's not the best when he says that to me. Yeah, when he usually say that, you start crying. Yeah, but not again. No, but I mean, but I just want to see. But I mean, I couldn't believe he he kind of got a little annoyed at that one. But yeah, Dale had a knack for saying things that he didn't realize how gross or hilarious they were. <laughs> You know, like I mean, and and he would he would always double down, like with the orgy thing. He's like, I'll say it again, orgy, yeah. orgy, orgy. The, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the desire to defend himself, we can't just accept that a joke just happened, and and it was at his expense. But he t- always took it personally. Yeah, you know, oh, I just yeah. thought that we were trying to belittle him as a person. Well, and, we were. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, are, we are podcasting about this ten yeah. years, twelve years later. But uh, it was pretty rough. Another so. one. I don't remember this, but. Uh, he was talking about... Is this going to require a, a beep-out? I don't think so. Okay. But we can work one in just because the no. beep-outs are funny. All right. But uh, his... I don't know if you remember his old piano player, Nan. Oh, yeah. Remember, yeah. Remember Nan, Nan, Nan yeah. was... Nan was a cougar before cougars were cool. She was, yeah. she was a, she was like, you know, we're in college and she's like in, in her late thirties, early forties. But man, well, Dale, anyways, Dale would go out of his way to to play with this woman, and I, I think she, she moved away or something. She wasn't local anymore. Yeah, or, yeah. But anytime she came into town, they would they would play together, and that's that's not that uncommon. I understand the that when you connect with other musicians and you enjoy playing and performing with them that you seek out those opportunities again. So I've done that before. Especially if they're really good looking. Sure, sure. Uh, that makes them good musicians. When you're hot. Yeah. You, know, you can wiggle around on stage all you want. I'm wiggling around here in this podcast and I'm not very sexy. At least not the way you're looking at me right, all right now. Keep going. Where was I? Was I telling you something? You're story? talking about Namix. Yeah. Oh, wait, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> There's our bleep. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said her name on here. We're bleeping out non-swear swear words now. Yeah. But yeah, so Dale is sitting there telling us, uh, you know, I had a rehearsal with Nan the other day. And, uh, you know, I just got, there's something special with her that I have. It's just, it's better than <laughs> He said that? Yes. I've never heard. Oh, yes. oh, yes. he was a married woman and he's. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's, this is our trombone teacher. <laughs> 
I'm like, uh-huh. Okay, Dale. That's yeah. great. Yeah, these are conversations what that is, would happen. Get it. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, she's at home not farting right now. He's just trying to keep it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from our last podcast. He doesn't allow his wife to fart. <laughs> the methane gas is getting to her head. She doesn't know what's going on. Well, thank you for listening. This is a shorter podcast. Uh, they're probably not going to be as long as the last one. last one was a bit of a marathon. If you want to listen to our podcast, we will hopefully, we're waiting on approval from iTunes, but you can always go to ramblingbeachcat.com. Click on the link on the left side. It has our podcast. Down on the left. Down, 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 down. There it is. Thank you. On the left. And uh, you can click on it and listen to our podcast. We'll be putting out uh, once a week, and we might do special shows, too. And uh, please send your questions. You can send them through ramblingbeachcat.com or through Twitter, all the links that are on there. If you know me and you're on the Facebook or if you like the Facebook page for ramblingbeachcat.com, either one. If you like Fake Lou Holtz, his Twitter account is at Fake Lou Holtz KSR. Is that correct? Yeah, at Fake Twitter. Lou Holtz KSR. Yeah. You can hear him on uh, Kentucky Sports Radio every few weeks or so. He calls in and does a... An exceptional job. So those are always my favorite Collins. Uh, Kentucky Sports Radio is good, but when fake because you could tell the people like Matt Jones and them, right, they don't they don't know what to do sometimes when he says stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes hard to understand him, but it's good. All right, well, thank you, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Welcome back to the Rambling Beach Cat. Oh, can you start it over? <laughs> start it over. Start it over. <laughs> Forgot what I was going to say. Welcome to the Rambling Crap Cast.